Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. That's a good one. Let's turn our attention to God's holy word. What page is that in the Pew Bible? What, anybody? 528. So 528 in the Pew Bible. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't hear the crack. Mm. Um, I especially uh, um, I think I might, the senses were attuned because yesterday I was trying to cut this limb off of a tree from about 30 feet up and I thought I could stand on the back of my pickup with a ladder. <laughs> Yep. It was just only six inches short. I just couldn't quite reach it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I had this sense the whole time of um, I was about to fall. <laughs> and so I think that it, it, uh, it especially uh, frightened me as a result. And uh, so I was uh, glad that he wasn't injured. Um, <clears throat> When I looked at this, um, trying to follow the assignment of uh, going, tracing the thread from First John and the theme that we preach on Sunday morning to Sunday evening, I, I, I immediately thought of, of these verses and I, I thought how practical, uh, and, and the Bible is always practical and there's always application that flows from the Bible, but particularly these verses, and Proverbs is that kind of book written, uh, compiled at least by Solomon. We know the first part was compiled by Solomon. We know the middle part and the end were um, by uh, someone named Wisdom, and uh, a collector of wisdom, and another, uh, the prayers of Agar. And so we know there are these uh, different um, Authors ultimately Solomon is the collector, and sometime in his life before he um, 
totally finished poorly. If you read the life of Solomon and and uh, the historical books, uh, you know he finished poorly. He uh, didn't. He was not faithful as he should have been. He married. He committed all kinds of foreign alliances through marrying. Um, multiple wives and uh, adopting their false gods in the process and frankly didn't finish well and his rebellion in that regard uh, led directly to the civil war in Israel which you have the divided kingdom um, to uh, the judgment of Israel by Assyria and then later Babylon and there, even the restoration, the kingship, kings are not um, fully uh, reestablished after after that, and up until the Messiah appears. So we read read these things in light of uh, God's grace and His mercy, and and remember remembering that Solomon, uh, Solomon his father David. Uh, they were they were sinners like we are, and saved by grace. And um, and uh, and what that all that that means, except it does not mean lawlessness. And as a young man compiling these, Solomon uh, has a great sense of of what it means to follow the Lord. And I, as I looked through it, I entitled the message for tonight: "The Results Results of Steadfast Love and Faithfulness." Um, what is the result? What is the practical effect of, of the grace of God at work in a believer's life? Um, no, I notice in the beginning verse, verses 1 and 2, what is the result of loving God and loving people, which is the sum of all the commandments? And that's what, that's what he starts with. My son. Very much like John the Apostle, isn't he? He talks... Uh, um, John the Apostle dresses the, the uh, church in the first century as my little children. And so Solomon does here. My son, don't forget my teachings. And uh, let your heart keep my commandments. We don't uh, follow the Roman practice of calling uh, a minister's father. And uh, except the General Assembly, for some reason, I, I never really understand <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, everybody talks, uh, addresses each other as fathers and brethren, um, and that's from Acts. So it's not a bad thing; it's not an unbiblical thing. But uh, but um, as you get older in the faith, you, you, you kind of come to that place where you you are able to talk to younger people <clears throat> as if they were. Uh, um, uh, not underlings, but as as you would your son or as you would your daughter. And so this is Solomon's position here. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your hearts keep my commandments. And as we've learned again and again from the word, the sum of the commandments is to love God and to love people. And I I dare say, if you're looking for a summary of the whole Bible and the whole gospel, you can do worse than to say it's about love. John 3.16, hopefully everyone has memorized John 3.16. 
For God so loved the world. It's God's initiative in loving the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, keep God's commandments. And what is, what is the summary of God's commandments? It's loving God and loving people. And what will be the result of uh, keeping those commandments? The result in verse 2 is length of days and years of life and peace that will that will add to you now what a great promise if you live your life loving him loving people the result doesn't mean that every time that will be the result as we we uh, we know that some of god's faithful people are taken early for his own reasons but the normal result will be length of days, years of life, and not just length of days of misery, but length of days of peace. There will be blessed by, by peace. Um, you know, you become your parents and your grandparents as you get older. I don't know if you, you I'll warn you young people about that. You, you see these things that older people do and you go, that is so weird. And I remember very distinctly my listening to my grandmother read me the obituaries. She would get the paper, you know, back when you got newspapers, I guess some people still get newspapers. She, the first thing she would turn to was the obituary to see who she lived longer than. <laughs> and then that would be the conversation. We grew up living with her, so uh, I, I, and, and it just, I just thought that was strange. <laughs> the, and the result of, but she, she would, and she had a phrase, and she said, "Well, well, he or she got." His promised years or her promised years oh. and and so what were those uh, promised years and she was referring to Psalm 90 oh. that normally that a, a, a person who fears the Lord uh, their years are three score and ten so they made it to 70 he, he lived his prom he lived his promised years and she lived to 83, so she went 10 years, uh, 13 years beyond that. And that's what the psalmist says in Psalm 90, verses 9 and 10. If you're really strong, you go three score and, uh, uh, and 20 years. You go, you go, uh, or, no, three score, oh well, I forget. Whatever 80 is. It says 80 in yeah, the ESV. Yeah. Three score plus 20. Not the King James Version. So there's a promise, not just long life for the sake of living longer and self-satisfaction uh, self and self-gratification, living longer to enjoy the peace of God, the peace of Christ. So that's the result. That's the result of a life of faithfulness, of loving God, and loving people. 
And then second, in verses three and four, we see the result of steadfast love and faithfulness. Now here's a union of two thoughts that go together. Um, it's the uh, Hebrew word for loving kindness. That's, that's steadfast love. And then the Hebrew word for faithfulness, which means truth, which means the truth. So loving kindness and truth, if you prefer, some of your translations might even, even say that. But uh, the, they, this is a combination that you see all through the book of Proverbs, over and over, it's repeated and used as a refrain. Loving kindness and truth, or faithfulness and truth, or faithfulness and, uh, I mean, great of um, God's loving kindness, or his steadfast love, and, um, and uh, faithfulness. Don't let them forsake. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And then you, the result will be you will find um, faithfulness. Or let's see, you will find favor, rather, and good success in the sight of God and man. Here's this language that we find in uh, uh, the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, talking about uh, binding the commandments of God on your forehead and on your arm, in a manner that the Jews, uh, the Orthodox Jews, still do today. And, and it, it looks, looks odd to me when they do that. And then they, then they you go into the Jewish homes, uh, Orthodox Jewish home today, you'll see a little scroll tacked on the doorpost. That's a literal fulfillment of, of put them on your doorpost. They literally take a little scroll of the Ten Commandments and they put them on their doorpost and they touch them on the way in and the way out. And if that's a reminder of them to recite the Ten Commandments in their heart, then that's a, that's a blessed thing to do. But again, the ability to keep those commandments is by steadfast love, by chesed, by his faithfulness, his truth. It's the Old Testament equivalent of the grace of God. We should write on our hearts and bind in our minds um, the, the truth of, of the, it is the grace of God alone that saves us. Jesus rebuked the Jews in his day for making their, uh, broadening their phylacteries, making them bigger and bigger. Apparently he made them so big that they just look <laughs> ridiculous. And they do look a little bit that way to me now. They wrap them around their head and they make the, have these big things like you know, bigger than Theo's cast, you know, that, that they carry around on their uh, arms to remind them of the commandments. And Jesus rebuked them in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 43. They do this, why? To be seen by men. And the way to be blessed is first to be blessed 
in the sight of God than to be blessed in the sight of men, not by some external performance of righteousness, but by the inward possession of the grace of the Lord Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we should all know this, for by grace we are saved through faith. It's a gift of God, it's not of ourselves, lest anyone should not have works, lest anyone should boast. But then we should go on to know, verse 10, that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. And so what is the life of grace? produce and, the, and faithfulness produce, it produces, the result is favor and good success with God and man. It's not wrong, it's not bad to be successful um, and have favor with the, the world. It is wrong to seek that first. This, is, this truly is about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things flow after that. What are your priorities in life? What are you seeking first? Sometimes uh, we are so results oriented that we just seek the results. And the priority should be possessing and having bound in our heart the grace of the Lord Jesus and being faithful to God. And then as a result of that, all of these things follow. That's what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things that the world is craving, the Gentiles seek, you will have. One of the great examples of this is in the book of Esther. And, um, you know, we know the story of Esther and how she was elevated in order to save the Jewish people from the, from the um, uh, wicked Mordecai while they were held captive in, in the, um, Persia. And then um, God elevates her. And he also, at the end of the book, and, and, and it's all about God's providential blessing of the people of of Israel through Mordecai and, and Esther, but <clears throat> the name of the book is Esther, but really it's about Mordecai. I guess Mordecai doesn't sound too good, so you put Esther there, it sounds better. This is Haman that was wicked. Yeah, Haman is the villain that is put away, but Mordecai is the uncle that is used by God, and the book ends with him being elevated in the sight of all the Jews in the sight of everyone in the nation because of this incredible um, deliverance that God brings about. So the things the world so earnestly and eagerly craves come as a result of faithfulness. And the ultimate example of this is Jesus who Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, tells us he grew up in Nazareth, and as he grew up, 
from a young boy in that town, and he did his work, and he lived as the son of Mary and Joseph until he began his public ministry. What does it say? He grew in favor with God and man. And that's what happens when we focus on grace and truth. The grace of the Lord Jesus and the truth of the Word of God. That's what happens. And then the result of two things that are implied in verses 5 and 6. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Um, that's faith. Trust is a synonym for faith. So trust means you, you believe in God, you believe in his promises. Uh, and if you do that with all your heart, if you, and again, the language of, of the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all, all of your soul, with all of your strength. If, if, you, if you do that, and then you don't lean on your own understanding, I'll go back to my silly tree bed yesterday. <laughs> I'm standing on a uh, 10-foot ladder with a pole saw in my hand. And it's not a pretty sight, apparently. Um, the neighbors come along and said, you know, people over 50 shouldn't be on ladders. He <laughs> 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 comes across the street and says, you know, that's really dangerous. And have people, neighbors reciting to me the the statistics about how many people die from um, th this type of sort of thing, and and I and I and I got and the points were all well taken. So <laughs> you're holding that and you're trying to cut something above your head, and you don't have anything to lean on, and so you feel like you're uh, you, you're making some progress, and then all of a sudden you think, "Oops, I'm slipping." And you want to put something, put your and that's what it, and then knowing that if you lean on nothing, you will fall. Well, that's what your own understanding is like. You're, it's like Jay trying to jump <laughs> off this thing. He didn't know he was jumping off, he dropped off, and then there was nothing but the piano to lean on. Daddy didn't put his hand through there. And, and we have to use our workman's comp insurance. <laughs> Tune the piano, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but that, that is what happens when you try to lean on yourself. It's disaster. It can be fatal. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, and, the, and the, the corollary here in this Proverbs is... Lean not on your own understanding. Your own understanding, apart from faith, will destroy you. In all your ways, and so trust, trust is a metaphor here for faith. For trust, trust means your, your relationship with God. Until the first thing I began with, with young couples who were getting married, I said, do you trust each other? 
And, and that's a painful process to go through. Do you really trust each other? Because trust is the foundation of your relationship. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. God is the only one we can ultimately trust completely. It's faith. faith. What is faith? What is saving faith? It's, it's knowledge of who God is and what he's done. It's assent. Yes, I believe God loves me. And then what is it? Trust. Will. Your will. You... you we, we do the marriage vows where we ask couples to say either I do or I will. That means an affirmation. I'm absolutely committed to this. So trust absolutely depend upon Yahweh, the Lord, the covenant God with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And so that's first trust. The second thing is um, acknowledging him. How do we acknowledge him? It's in prayer. To acknowledge him is to regularly commit all of your plans, everything you do, to him in prayer. And how often are we to pray? We are to pray without ceasing. We are to continually have a mindset <laughs> not to seek our own devices not to seek our own uh, way but to commit ourselves completely to acknowledging him and what will the result of trust and prayer be in our lives you'll have a straight path you won't fall off. Again, here's that wonderful, um, another wonderful truth, a wonderful metaphor. There's two, I believe there are two great metaphors in the Bible. One is warfare, spiritual warfare. Uh, we're constantly told that we are to be in, uh, prepare for spiritual battle and engage the enemies of God spiritually through the ordinary means of grace that he gives us, the word, the sacraments, prayer, <coughs> faith and the trust he gives us the other is a walk and sometimes it says run but I prefer walking especially at this age it's a journey you're on a journey it's, and it's definitely not a sprint if you're running it's a it's a it's a marathon and 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 your path if it's not focused on the Lord, can lead you to some terrible places. There was a fellow, a Baptist preacher by the name of John Bunyan, who wrote an incredible long book, which is probably is one of the top three classics in the English language called, and if you haven't read it, you need to read it. it it's a, a classic, a literary classic, and it's a spiritual classic. It's called Pilgrim's Progress. And it's about this journey of Christian to glory and all the things that he gets in along the way. And whenever he gets into trouble, he veers off the path or something pulls him off the path. 
this verse promises, mm -hmm. if your trust is in the Lord, if in all your ways you seek his grace through prayers, through prayer and the ordinary means of grace that he gives, then he will make your path straight. Jesus said he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. The early church understood this so much they called Jesus they, they called the gospel the way. This is the way. There is no way. The way is the Lord Jesus and faith and trust in him and nothing else. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather, to, to uh, sing your praises, to offer prayers uh, on behalf of uh, the whole church, to meditate on your goodness as we read the word, as we hear it read and applied. Father, transform us by your grace. Change us when we have wrong thoughts. If we are on the wrong path, if we been tempted to wander off it in a different direction put us back on it help us focus straight ahead to the narrow gate the wicked gate which is the lord jesus and uh, and not deviate but fix our eyes upon him because he is indeed the author and finisher of our faith mm. father if anyone here has yet to come to understand that that you would bring that about in their hearts and minds even at this moment and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Closing hymn is.